Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Mike G. And this is George B. Why'd you have to copy me, man? Because <laughs> you're, uh, you're my hero, sir. Uh, I just want to say, um, yeah, we're brought to you by... You had a podcast. That I did. I, um, I had my second podcast ever, and uh, pretty proud of it, you know? So I uh, hope everybody likes it. Who'd you interview? I, I interviewed Josh Hormer. He is a uh, former 275 Ranger medic. Um, he's a just an interesting guy, man. He had a, a, a very good, interesting career with his with all the medic stuff, and then he went off. He transitioned out, and then he started uh, teaching for another a uh, another agency like surveillance and stuff like that. So he has that, and then um, and then he's uh, he moved here to Prescott, and now he's with Grant and uh, Founding Fathers right now. So he's kind of like the uh, like a program manager now. So good g- good catching up with him. Um, every time I talk to him, he makes he cracks me up. His stories are great. He's really? a good storyteller. Just and his voice, he he has that great storyteller voice. So it's going to be some good good stories on here. I hope, I hope, I hope people laugh. They will. I think they will. I, I enjoy enjoyed uh, his company. I think he's a good dude. Yeah, and he's got a ton of experience. Man. Oh yeah, very smart. So we are sponsored. We're brought to you by KillCliff.com. Mm-hmm. Yo, KillCliff, these CBD twenty five <sighs> mg's. I love them, man, dude. I- I can drink them throughout the day. I can replace that with water. I could. Nuts. I could. You well, know. these don't have any fat, 15 calories, a yeah. little bit of carbs, no sugar. B vitamins, electrolytes. Yeah, and then CBD. And CBD. I'm like, a big fan of CBD. Oh, man. me too. That orange kush is my favorite. Yeah, mine's favorite. the uh, goat grapiest of all time. Whoa, no you like that deal. purple drink? I like that purple drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Killcliff.com, you guys could go there and save 10% on any checkout uh, of any orders in your basket by using Survival One Zero. Survival One Zero saves you ten percent. I don't forget. And don't forget about the Killcliff Challenge. Oh my God, man! Get out of here. You trying? <laughs> you trying to get that marketed, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to get a little paycheck. Well, just know? keep tagging them, man. They'll 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 listen. They uh they tagged me in a post the other day. Oh my gosh! What yeah. was it? What was the post? It was the uh, your amigo. Oh wait, what was it? Your your ego is not your amigo. Oh my God! <laughs> Did you write that? No, I didn't. I just I I heard it somewhere. I think it was like, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it was off. Like, what did they repost? Your post? They reposted like the saying on there because it wasn't the, the picture I used, but hey. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, man. Okay. Uh, we're also sponsored by KC Highlights. It's K-C-H-I-L-I-T-E-S.com. I had the interview with uh, KC Highlights uh, CEO, Alan. It was a really good podcast. Mm-hmm. Really, really interesting um, story, good company that's doing great things in outdoor uh, off-road lighting. Um, in fact, I'm doing a video next week with Light Tactics with Mike Hernandez because we're going to get his lights installed at KC Highlights headquarters. Mm-hmm. You can come up too. Okay. I, like, I like going up there. All right. Maybe we can stop by and get something to eat up there. Wait, Ooh, Williams? Yeah. Is it Williams? Yeah, yeah, Williams. I like it up there. Yeah. If you guys want to uh, on this Light Tactics video, check it out on YouTube. Uh, it will be available also on Casey Highlights traffic on their YouTube. You guys could use Philcraft to save 10% on checkout at CaseyHighlights.com. Also, this podcast is sponsored by TriArcSystems.com. You know, I was posting the Tri-11, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite pistols on the planet. I just like holding it sometimes. Yeah. It's like a piece of art. It's so nice. It's so nice. But people are like, man, you must be rich because you got, you got all those Tri-Arc. I'm like, dude, I got one. I took 50 pictures of it. Yeah. <laughs> You're seeing the same different gun. shadows. Different and, lights. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you guys could go to triarchsystems.com and save 5% on any build by using Philcraft, one word. And look, Triarch Systems makes good carbines, pistols, everything custom. Mm-hmm. They're one of our favorite companies to work with. Um, we love their product. We love their, the guys, Chris and Jimmy, and all the guys at the team. 
Um, if you guys are interested in getting into a pistol or a carbine and want to do the custom effect, check out TriarchSystems.com. Also, this podcast is sponsored by TierTactical.com. I got the opportunity to interview Chris Van Zent and Lee Busby, two special mission unit operators, uh, good buddies of ours, and uh, got to catch up with both of them. And it's the podcast you just listened to. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you probably should. Really good podcast. You know, you know, I just trumped your podcast, right? It's okay. You didn't get your ads out in time. So. It's okay. It's fine. I, yeah. Quality, I'll, it will come out and everyone will love it. I'm shooting for 40K downloads in 30 really? days. Yeah, that's what I'm shooting for. I guys, wish, yeah. listen, man, let's let's do this, guys. Let's get 40K this month for my podcast. Josh Hormer, come on, guys. Oh, man. Okay, you're, you're, <laughs> the tier tactical uh, is uh, Phil Craft, one word to save 15%, yeah, which is a big- a nice savings. It is a nice savings. Also, I want to give biggest shout out to Bravo Company Manufacturing. Mm -hmm. BCM is one of the best companies we've ever worked with since the beginning. It's the first company that I actually worked with. Yeah, that's you. Stepping out. Yeah. I'm a gunfighter- um, aficionado uh, with the BCM, sponsored gunfighter, um, along with some talented people, Kyle Lamb, um, uh, J.D. Podinsky, T-Mac, T -Mac, Tom Spooner, the list goes on. I'm just proud to be affiliated with those kind of men because they're the, some of the best men on the planet, but also big fan of Paul, uh, CEO of uh, uh, BCM, as well as John Chang. Shout out to John Chang and, and yeah. Paul Buffoni, man. Great guys. Yeah, John Chang, uh, blackpowderredearth.com. Just check it out. I won't even say nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but yeah, check, check out BCM if you're interested in great ARs. Hey, guys, uh, let's kick off this podcast. You ready, G? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, George. And with me today, I have Josh Hormer. That's that it. That's it. All correct, right. brother. Uh, welcome, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like background, where you came from, what you know. Well, uh, Southern California kid, not by choice. Enjoyed the time while I was growing up there. Um, was Grew up in... Los Angeles County for a good part. That explains why my nose is kind of slanted <laughs> the wrong way. And uh, as we started getting older, recognized, wanted to move to a smaller community. Wanted to move to a smaller community, so we moved to uh, a place called Fraser Park. Hmm. Yeah. Where's that at? It's behind the trailer parks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it's, uh, it's about 45 minutes north of L.A., directly in between Bakersfield and... LA. Oh, okay. At I the top of what they call the grapevine. Yep. So not the trailer parks, but the truck stop. Not to say I'm above trailer parks and I didn't spend some time in it, but further behind that, there's a community about 14,000 people. So I grew up a pretty rural existence for mm -hmm. the most part of my formidable years. And uh, my, I come from a pretty decent line of military members in the family. My pops was in the Navy back in Nam kind nice. of time. And so he had, uh, he always had great stories and all the friends kind of shared it very similar here to Prescott, where there's a lot right. of military veterans and you kind of stick together, it, you know, like begets like. Oh, yeah. And that so, nice network. Exactly. And so I spent tons of time sitting there, starry eyed, cross legged on the floor, listening to these stories and all that kind of stuff. And we were raised very pro America in my family, obviously, mm -hmm. and very patriotic. And I always felt like it was a duty to serve my country at some point in some capacity. And so earlier years of school, I kind of just, I like to say people thought I was lazy. Mm -hmm. I was strategic in my planning because <laughs> I, I knew that colleges didn't look at you till like your sophomore year. So right. I didn't turn anything on basically is what it was. Mm -hmm. Then got into high school and fell in love with football, 
football was life, like legitimately life. Nice. I used to wake up early, do plyos all on my own. Um, just was really getting after it, and that was going to be my future. And so college started coming into play, and uh, nobody from my family had been to college, so I was going to be the first one. What positions did you play in high school? Defensive end and center, dude. Ooh, nice. Yeah, real small school. My yeah. graduating class was 89, and uh, I was the only kid to make it to the all-CIF team, mm-hmm. so I was able to pick it up. I had two sacks away from state record, Damn. and I missed a game. But so football was, and I wasn't big. Yeah. You know, for a defensive end, especially looking at, like, collegiate-level D1 schools, mm-hmm. um, I was, like, the size of the third-string wide receiver. Oh, you know, okay, I was, like, yeah. 190 pounds, barely soaking wet. If I didn't poop that day and I ate all my food, <laughs> I could hit maybe 192 um, and was loving it, man. And that's kind of where my path was in life. I started applying to schools, so I went to the military academies first. Funny mm-hmm. story is I had a uh, an uncle who washed out of buds, and so I go, whoa, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. You know, and then uh, I was in, in high school my senior year, and we were doing the land work kind of work up. I was like, all day. We hit pool, and I was like, <laughs> not for me. You know, I was just right. like, hell no, I'm not going to sit here and get drowned. At least on the ground, when you stop moving, you can still breathe. Yeah, exactly. You know, you stop moving in water, you, you kind of die. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, man, I applied to all the military academies. I actually had a congressional nomination to go to West Point. Oh. And uh, long story short, my dad passed away when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And so I was the oldest of the family, um, single mom, four kids. And I watched my mom, who's like the epitome of strength and resolve and guts and mm-hmm. balls, dude. She's just the stud. Man. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I've like, my mom's had my back when I've been jumping before. My mom don't mm-hmm. play. So nice. my, my dad, uh, I'll give you this cause it all leads into what created this monster in front of you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, my dad was. 44. My mom was 17. He was an outlaw motorcycle gang member, and my mom was a runaway. Which yeah. uh, which gang? Uh, so if not to get too, I think it was Satan Slaves back in the Damn, day. Okay. And they started. They were uh, part of the big reason why we moved up to the valley mm-hmm. too was for him to kind of get away from the old life and then yeah. start anew and found God, which was good and cleaning up life. And so was looking for a better like straight and narrow path. He passed away, so single mom mm-hmm. raising the kids and all that kind of stuff, and so. Um, picture kind of changed. My stepdad, when he first came in, we didn't get along very well at all. And so I wasn't going to leave my, now nah, I love him. Don't get me wrong. Love you, Pops. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was a little tense for there. So anyways, I, I wound up resigning that, kind of got disenfranchised with football. Met a girl, mm-hmm. not my wife. And uh, wound up going to the school, COC, College of the Canyons in mm-hmm. Valencia. That's a feeder for USC and walked onto the team and made it. Nice. Um, but then I realized as I was sitting there, I was like, dude, it's just not really my path. The war had already started to kick up. I wanted to go. Of course, the girl didn't want me to go, so that dissolved. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, what am I doing here? I was going to be a, a English literature major Ooh. and teach high school children. Wow. That's your children, possibly. Quite different lifestyle that you had. Very different, <laughs> right? So needless to say, I recognized that that was not going to be the path for me. And uh, I depped in initially with the Marine Corps. And this was 2003, and they had just passed a new tattoo policy, and I have whatever it takes tattooed across my collarbone. It's the first tattoo I got. And they had passed where, like, I guess they call it their bees or whatever. Right, and yeah. you did, if you didn't wear the undershirt. And then oh, you they could see it. Yeah. Exactly. And so I depped in with the Marine Corps, and I was going, I just want to be an infantryman. That's all I want to be. Just let me be an infantryman. That's it. Yeah. Love and bang, bang. And uh, they kept pushing back and forth because the policy was changing, then it wasn't, and I was getting really frustrated with it. And so finally I called the Army. I was like, hey, man, this is my GT score. I want to be an 11 Bravo. What can you do? And he's like, brother, come on down. 
so I run down to the uh, to the army and uh, the army recruiter, and he's like, "Okay, what job do you want?" I was like, "Bro, I told you, I just want to be in Lone Bravo, <laughs> and I want to go to war. I don't know why this is that hard." You know, and it was funny because as I uh, adept in, switched my paperwork over, went with the army, I went to my first initial screening or whatever, you know, that you go down there for. And we're sitting there kind of figuring stuff out, thinking about life, you know, being like, what is this? What is going on? Super excited. And they go, all right, all the ranger contracts stand up. I'm like, what's a ranger? <laughs> you know, and then there's this dude sitting next to me and he's like, they're bad, bro. I'm like, Really? And they, there's this line of dudes that stand up. I'll never forget. I'm sitting right here and it's off to the right. And there's this dumpy dude at the end of it, right? And I'm looking at this dude and he's just like, I, I'm, I was just one of those guys, you know, that you see in the military. Oh, like, yeah. How have you made it this yeah, far? exactly. You know? And I'm looking at this dude and I'm like, huh, must have something I don't. Because my recruiter would have told me. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyways, we dep in 11 Bravo, right? So I'm going for it. Well, then we come to the, the stupid dot test for colors. I'm not colorblind. I'm color deficient. Mm-hmm. So we start going through it, and then I sit down with the recruiter, right? Or the guy in the back office. It's like when you buy a used car. Yeah. Oh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. All right, let me I take you to that. my guy. You know what I mean? So you mm-hmm. go back to your guy, and he's like, he's doing the movies talking. He's like, all right, oh, GT score, awesome. This is going to be – and he goes, ooh, colorblind. I'm like, I'm not colorblind. That's red. That's white. That's blue. You know? And he goes, hmm, no, by this paperwork, it says that. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, greatly, we're going to reduce the job opportunities for you in the military, in the army. And I go, okay. And he goes, two. I'm like, two? There's 273 ways to serve the infantry, man. What do you mean two? And he goes, well, it's two. Here, let me start talking to you about him. And he goes, quartermaster Ooh. and medic. And I go, medic? I don't want to be a medic, dude. Those guys got red crosses on their shoulders. They don't even carry guns. You're just like a walking target. That's so stupid. I know nothing, obviously, about the military. All I know is like World War II or James Bond, or not James Bond. What is that? uh, John Wayne movies like my dad watched. You know what I mean? So it's like old school. I don't know anything. I'm completely ignorant. And uh, he goes, okay. And I go, tell me about this master thing, because that's all I heard. Mm-hmm. Right? And he starts, and I feel the the tap dance smoke screen coming, right? He's saying a bunch of stuff, but I'm not picking up what he's saying. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm like, hmm, I can definitely smell that this dude isn't cooking what I want. And I hear linen. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, pause, back up. What do you mean linen? Like dirty laundry? He goes, well, no. And I go, dude, I'm not coming here to be Pauly Shore in the army now, man. Like, yeah. I want and he goes, okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. So let me tell you, dude, as a medic here, let me talk to you about medic. I'm like, dude, I'm not interested. Like, no, no, you get a gun. You don't have to have the red cross on your shoulder. I'm like, okay, tell me more. So he's going through and he's like, you're grind. You're like, God, they'll call you doc. All this other stuff. You can start to saw, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, okay. This is sounding legit, like decent. And then he does this and he does a look over the shoulder, right? The left looks over right and he goes, lean in. I'm like, okay, let's lean in. And he goes, dude, you've been to college. I'm like, yeah. You've got all my records. And he goes, you're going to go to a place called Whiskey Land. I'm like, yeah. He goes, dude, it's eight to one chicks to dudes. You'll slay it. And I'm like, sign me up, bro. <laughs> so he, he signs me up. I'm, I'm 20 at this time. <clears throat> well, I wind up becoming a medic. I go to Whiskey Land. So that's not true. That's not true at all. So in whiskey land, that's combat medic land. And it was, I think, 91 whiskey at the time before they switched it or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
And you're like down in the death laid in the swampland of Sam Houston, like the forbidden badlands mm. where nobody goes to, right? Well, 187 or 18 Heaven is what we refer to it. That's got all the x-ray techs, all the yeah. super soft skill stuff. Yeah, you don't see them at all. So yeah. it was like even the chicks that were there were more dudely than the dudes for the most part. Oh. So I, I, I get this and I'm like, dude, that's it. You know what? I'm over this. I'm going to get my E4. I'm going to get a deployment and I'm going to go SF, right? And it's funny too, because even when you go down there, they ask like, hey, duty station pick. I don't even know what duty station means. So I just say Iraq, Afghanistan, first unit deploying. Those That's were my three. Awesome. And that repeat, repeat, repeat every single time. I was uh -huh. like, I just want to get it. So we get there <clears throat> and uh, recognize that it's just not going to, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go to SF. I'm tired of being in this bunch. Well, we had this drill sergeant. Drill Sergeant Rogers, man. I'll never forget. I hope hopefully he listens and someday I can, I can meet <laughs> up with him and tell him thank you for changing everything. He used to be a bat boy back in the day, and he hosted his own little mini selection, mm -hmm. right? So he's like, and so there's this one dude. So who's, he was trying to save lives. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was trying to get some of the good ones. But this dude was hard, bro. He was yeah. like five foot six, but he was the epitome of, dude, he was white as the driven snow, shaved bald head. He had these piercing blue eyes, man. He never yelled, and he was just solid. Dude. Like powder. Oh, yeah, man. And this dude was just, you just something about him. Like, you're like, I don't know about this dude. But uh, so he announces he's going to do this, his own little mini ranger selection, right, to go through it. And uh, I'm like, whatever, dude, I'm done with this crap and done with these people getting yelled at. So I'm going to go catch my deployment, go take, you know, go to, what is it, drop my packet and then mm -hmm. be able to go to the SF selection. So anyways, um, there's this dude who's like uncle or something. You're one of those guys. He was a ranger. He knows everything about rangers. He's going to be a ranger. He's always going to be a ranger. You know, blah, blah, blah. He was so annoying. I was like, bro, <laughs> if they're going to take you, I don't want anything to do with it. Because I couldn't imagine going to a place with nothing but yous around. Mm -hmm. That'd be crazy. Well, then, uh, so this is based, or excuse me, AIT. And I get this call to go up to Drill Sergeant Rogers' office, right? Report. So I come running up there with my little battle buddy. And we come in the office and he goes, hey, you leave. Hormer, sit down and close the door. And I'm like, this is weird. So this is like your AIT? Yeah, AIT okay. drill sergeant, right? So we sit down, close the door, and he goes, and I love this dude because he wouldn't even look at you when he talked to you because you didn't deserve eye contact. So he'd sit there and he'd just look off to the side of me. And he goes, Horner, why are you not attending my selection? Go, well, drill sergeant, you know, I want to do this. And he's like, Horner, you are being an absolute idiot right now. <laughs> I, know, okay. I love those types yeah. of guys back yeah, in the you day, know? you know? <laughs> just straight up, straight shooting. Just, I was being an idiot. It was pretty obvious. I still am. And uh, he, so he starts going, and he goes, let me tell you a little something. He talk, he's talking about the story about how he went to rip, and one of the dudes had his cargo pocket unbuttoned, and one of the cadre came up, bam, tore the pocket off and the leg. Damn. I'm like, oh, dude, I like that. That's hard. That's tough. And he's talking about all the grind and all the stuff going through it. And I'm like, okay, this sounds legit, dude. I like a challenge. And then he gets, I, we get to the end of it. Oh, he get, and he goes like this, and you'll get relaxed glutamine standards. So like those sideburns that are out of regulation, you might be able to let those slide there, which do I need to say that you need to fix those? And I was like, Roger, drill sergeant, you know, like, crap. <laughs> and he goes, and you're going to get different colored PTs. I'm like, different colored PTs. What does that mean? You're going to wear all black. I'm like, all black. Oh yeah. All black. That's Johnny Cash wore black. That's hard. That's yeah. tough. You know what I mean? And uh, I go, well, I just got one more question for him. He goes, yeah. He goes, I go, am I going to get, am I going to be able to be compared or considered better than the pieces of crap that I'm working with downstairs right now? And he goes, absolutely. I was like, sign me up. <laughs> so best part is he does his little selection, right? So we got ID card, dog tags, special yep. items. So he lines us all out. 
I didn't know this was going to happen. Surprise inspection, right? For accountable items. Guess what? I don't have your dog, dog tags or ID card. Oh, damn. Right. So I'm like, oh, my God. I'm in this line. So I'm like, whatever, dude. Fake it till you make it. So yeah. I literally, everybody else is locked forward. So I hand out, hold out exactly like I have my ID card and dog tags. Mm-hmm. And Rogers comes up, pivots, raises up. Keep in mind, dude, I'm six foot one. He's like five foot six. Right. So he starts at the chest. And then he looks and sees my thing and he looks up and he looks me right in the eyes and he goes, put it away. Moves down the line, goes to the next guy. Long story short, there was like 60 dudes. I was the only one that finished. And uh, <laughs> so, I, I, so, I, so I finished this election, right? <clears throat> We're getting near the end. And he calls me up and goes, hey, Ranger. And every time he saw him, it was 100 push-ups. It was just like a slaughter fest. I mm-hmm. loved it. It was just guts and glory all the time with this team. <laughs> and he calls me up. And we're a few days away from graduation. And he goes, Homer. And he actually, and then he turns and looks me in the face, which was weird. I was like, that's very odd. He's Here never done go. that before. Here we go. And he goes, they're full. You're not going to rip. But I did get you orders for Airborne. Wow. And I'm like. So all the suffering I went through with you, mm-hmm. I don't even get it. And he goes, nope, you look like you want to punch me in the face right now. And I go, I do. And he goes, well, maybe you can volunteer there. So I'm like, great, dude. I'm going to Airborne. I'm going to rip my, fuck, this is so, what is going on right now? So anyways, we get, now I vacillate back and I go back to, forget this, dude. I just want to get a deployment. I'm going to go SF. This mm-hmm. is stupid. I'm tired of being a little private and getting chewed up on all the time. Well, we go there and we start jump school and they do another ranger brief. I don't go to it. We got these two dudes across the hallway. It's one dude, loud mouth from Boston, right? So he's got that loud Boston accent and this super jack dude, Oguebu, right? And I hear him talking about battalion and all this stuff and I can hear him because I'm right across the hall. So I come up and I was like, hey, dude, so tell me about it. And they're like, they're feeding me some of the information. It sounds bad. I was like, why didn't you go? And I was like, dude, I didn't know. I was kind of just, and they go, well, hey, they've got one of the liaison ten, or like liaison offices right by the jump towers. Just go by there. You can sign the document and you'll be good. So I'm like, sweet. Go over there. Dude's not there. Go over there again. Dude's not there. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Last week of jump school. And I, dude, no joke. There's one of the letter, like, sleeves on the outside where mm-hmm. they can drop paperwork or whatever. There's been nothing in there all the time. I show up rainy day. No kidding. Like biblical wrath of God, Georgia rain, rainy day. Mm-hmm. Right. And I trudge over there in my little rain gear, a little scared private, no battle buddy. So I'm hoping I don't get caught. And I go over there and there's one piece of paper. And I pull this piece of paper out. And it's like, I first, last, and all my other stuff. And I can't remember the exact wordage, but it's like, by signing this document, I'm no longer property. I'm basically owned by regiment. Right. right. I'm like, okay, well, I'm down to red. So I just sign this, I sign it and I slide it under the, under the door. Graduation day. I've got orders. 82nd airborne. Ugh. So I'm literally sitting in line to go and I'm the very last dude. And I'm like, dude, this God, what the heck, man, I'm going Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Here we come. Oh yeah. North Carolina. Oh. And so is profanity allowed on this? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. Cause obviously, you know, if I didn't do it, use it, it wouldn't be true. And this is all direct quotes. Okay? <laughs> so I'm in line and they've got the rippies that they referred to them off in their own little formation. Right? And I hear BFC and I'm like, Satan, <laughs> dude, the voice, the voice was just, bro. I was like Yo. Spidey senses back in the neck. You know, there is a predator and he knows your mm-hmm. name. Right. And I'm like, in the scared private isn't look, you know? that the worst feeling <sighs> when you get called out and you have no reason why, mm. like no reason why. No. <laughs> yeah. It's like the you, 
Yeah. Yeah, you. And you're like, yep. me? Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, terrible. <laughs> I do. Yeah, what did I do? To- <laughs> so, dude, I hear, BFJ Armor, where the f- are you? And I turn around, and it's this dude. It's like <laughs> Roger, Son Rogers' big brother. Yeah. Like, really big brother. This dude's a giant shaved head. Um, he's a, his last name, well, Ruben. His name is Ranger. He's Noon. He's noon. <laughs> and dude, I turn and I go, oh, I'm PFC Hormer Sergeant. And he goes, get over here and get in formation, faggot. You're going to rap. And I'm in civilian clothes. Uh-huh. I'm totally not prepared. I have no packing list, dude. I'm eight up. <laughs> Six ways from Sunday, and I come run over there. He's like, "Where'd you go, damn records?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't have this." I'm like, "What is going on?" So I just fumble my way all through. Come to find out, somehow by the grace of God, now man, that document went through. I had orders. I went to rip. That was a very interesting experience. And then so I'm a medic, right? And so we graduate, and I'm taught one of. I'm one of the dudes that's top of the class, so I get first pick of battalion, right? Nice. And I come up, yeah, I'm like, hell yeah, dude. I'm let's do this. I want to get away from 375. Like, get away from this place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I was even kind of considering it because I'm like, if I want to make a name for myself, all the headshots here, this could yep. be good. So like, all right, Hormer, you get pick. And I go, and right then he goes, Hey, shut up, faggot. Some other <laughs> cadre <laughs> says that. I'm like, Rrr. and he goes, He's a medic. And the the cadre that there is asking me turns and he's like, You're a medic I'm like roger sergeant he goes oh dude you're staying here heart sinks right Ugh. yeah and then he goes you gotta go to sock him i'm like sock him what sock him and he's like you don't know what sock him is and i'm like no what sock him and he goes oh dude you got like half a year of med school to go to your tabs will be here in about 10 minutes to pick you up bro i was i wasn't even worried about the whole med school thing or medical course mm-hmm. i was more sad that I was 10 minutes away from a group of tabs picking me up. And mm-hmm. I, this wasn't supposed to happen until Monday. Oh, right? yeah. Right, because we're supposed to have a weekend off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to go to some other battalion. Now you're getting shipped up. Where was Sockham at? at that, was that It was at Bragg, right? Yeah, Sockham yeah. had moved from San Antonio to Bragg. And so even getting to Sockham, it was six months of Sockham hold, which is like purgatory. Because then technically you graduated RIP, right? But we're medics, so we're not yeah. Sockham trained. So you're like this bastard stepchild of battalion where you just hide. Of mm-hmm. course, where are we? We're right across from... Uh, one of the good units in battalion's fence, you know, so you're just right in the middle of the kills oh, all yeah. the time. It's all the flagpole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible, I remember dude. going down there in 2001 before we went over to uh, Afghanistan and just the amount of just don't leave your, where you're at because you're not going <laughs> to want to run into anybody. I don't want to get exactly, yelled at. Bro. I don't want to get smoked because I'm the PSYOP guy. Like the last thing I want to do is run into a sergeant major, first sergeant, master's, I mean, any NCO, you know, because yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to stay here with the with you, and I'm going to plan, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Dude, case in point, but just a little side story. I'm on my cell phone, right? And I'm on my cell phone by the gas pumps on mm-hmm. post. And this is during jump school. And I'm not even right next to it. My buddy's pumping gas. I'm away from it. And I, hey, hey, you, hey, hot rod. And I should have known right away that the dude severely outranked me by uh-huh. using that terminology, right? And I turn, and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, how about you get off your cell phone and not kill everybody? And I go, I'm not even by the pumps, dude. And he goes, dude, do you have any who I did, who I did, who I am? And I look, and he, oh, he's got his like little winter jacket on, uh-huh. and he steps in the light, and all I see is pure darkness on the center of his exinia. <laughs> and I'm like, all I know is that's a rank I don't want to be a part yeah. of. He goes, I'm the post commander or the whatever sergeant major of the post. I was like, oh god, 
Were you in uniform? Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, maybe even better something. This is a little PFC. So anyways, that got back to the Black Hat, so I heard about that one on Monday. Uh-huh. Uh, but so anyways, yeah, wound up uh, Sockham Hold, then got my slot, went to Sockham, and Sockham was a interesting experience, man. You walk in the first day, and you got all these tables laid out, and I'm a PFC. I'm there with a bunch of different dudes from all the all the full spectrum, man. And so you got group there. You got seals or mm-hmm. or corpsmen stuff like yeah. that and so with the group guys majority of them were senior dudes you know so it's like oh god this is terrible i'm a pfc with e7s in my class mm-hmm. this is just gonna be but what's cool is they like hey pull the rank don't do any of the punishment kind of stuff but they got this stack of books bro that's like 20 inches tall big old stack of books mm-hmm. I'm like, damn that's a Those lot of readers yeah and they come in it's of course you know although it's just with every military school especially if you're going anywhere in soft they always do the weeding out process right mm-hmm. And so now we are transitioning gears and going from the physical weed out to the mental weed out. And they she's out there and they got their speech and they're going back through and like, gentlemen, take a look at the stack of books in front of you. Oh my gosh. And they're like, this is what we're going to go through in the first four weeks. And how long was Sockham? Six months oh, at the time, okay. six months at the time. And I'm like, first four weeks. And the way they treated it then was if you're a ranger, if you fell anything, there is no recycle. Mm-hmm. You're straight gone, bro. Straight to 82nd. Worldwide. Needs right of the down Army. the street. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Needs of the Army. Whatever's the first unit ripping out, you're mm-hmm. going. And so we crushed through, and that was anatomy and physiology. So you do a whole college-level A&P course, but you crank it down in about three weeks. Because right. it's three weeks, and then you start testing in the fourth mm-hmm. week. And so you want to talk about pressure. So anyways, that was repeat, 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 going through trauma, trauma farm, calc, all this stuff. Finally get to the end, and I've made this deal with my buddy that we're going to be going to 175. Why? Because we've heard how they get to wear like tank tops for PT. You have a parade. It's the, uh, what is that called? St. Patty's Day. Oh, yeah. And rangers are in the parade. And when they finish the parade, girls run out from the crowd and kiss them. I'm like, dude. And there's there's five all-female. I'm a total heathen at this point. There's like five. What were what we heard? Who the hell knows what it really is? All-female colleges around there. And they have one liberal arts college called Skagits or Skagits, they used to call them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hell yeah, man, we're going to go. So me and Bart, we got this. We're locked in. We got a pact, man. We got a pact. You're studying. We're, you're yeah, not failing. We're studying together, no dude. Fail. We're doing this. We're doing this together, man. And brothers in arms, man. <laughs> dude, front of the line again. I get pick, right? And he goes, Hormer, what battalion are you going to? And I go, 275. <laughs> dude i don't even know what the hell happened i don't i never wanted to go to 275 right. ever not at one point it was never on the radar right then bar slaps me on the tor- turns and he's going dude we're buddies bro we had a deal i'm like oh i turn back around i'm like oh, 175 and he's like well oh, going to 275 i was like sorry 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 please 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 175 and he goes warmer You've had six months to make up this decision. Oh, my God. And if I can't trust you to make a decision that took you six months, how am I going to be able to trust you to make a decision at point of injury with a casualty? You're going to 275, buddy, later. I'm like, what? Well, fast forward, awesome part. My Mm -hmm. very, I think it was day two when I got assigned to Fort Lewis, uh, I met my wife who just left mess, miss training. She was an MP mm-hmm. and we met. That's a whole other story. Way too long for this podcast. Pretty funny. Yeah. Real, real funny. It's just like my military crew, just jacked up all over the place and just a great spectacle to watch. Yeah. Something else to be a part of when you're going through it. Uh, but yeah, met her and uh, started my time as a as a ranger private, dude. What, going back to Sockham though, like what was like some of the, what were some, because you were PFC brand new. What were some of the, eye-opening things that you had to do as a medic like you know because um, you're i mean you're you get intimate with a the human body I mean, <laughs> what i mean let's be honest you see let's everything you're you know All you're right. putting your fingers in places where <laughs> they don't need to go i mean <laughs> i was 
I can tell, George, you want to, unfortunately, I've told some of these stories, so now I'm set in, in telling them. So, uh, well, when you finish A&P, you've got the cafeteria-style desk, right? And you've been sitting there, and so you're allowed to eat in class, so you mm-hmm. got, like, your apple just sitting on the desk, right? Yeah. You know, you got to put, you drop a little piece of something, you know, like, five-second rule or whatever. I'm just hungry. There's mm-hmm. no five-second rule. You just eat it, right? So I eat it and on these tables. So we finish A&P, and it's like, woo! A couple of Ranger dudes wash out, gone. And uh, so we went on to the next which this is mildly scarring. I have mm-hmm. sacrificed much for my country. I will say not on the battlefield, but in preparation to get there. <laughs> and uh, so they, they go and go, okay, we're going to go over DREs today. And I'm like, DREs? Hmm. That was a DRE, what right? That? And you, there's a couple of guys that you can hear the <sighs> gas. I'm like, oh, this isn't good, dude. And they're like, digital rectal exams. Ugh. And I'm like, that's, that's that's a, That's, you know, worst fear right there. Bro, right? Tell me about it. And so what gets better is we got to do these all these exams, dude, to check for things. And so dudes literally wind up dropping trowel and laying, we're in a classroom, and laying on the table, right? And so keep in mind, I'm like, you could have told us this because we've been eating off this table for months. And how many dudes, hairy butts, have been sitting on these tables? You know what I mean? Yeah. So we go through this moment where they do the physical jam. Dude, you got to check for probably, let's just say you got to, there's little parasympathetic reactions. Like if you happen to trace, <laughs> trace of a dude's thigh, uh-huh. <laughs> make it sack, kind of pull up. And that, that's good because yeah. it tells you everything's intact, right? So you're doing this with a guy that you've just been sitting around. So you want to talk about getting to know your buddy. Nut to butt, man, I wish nut to butt was nothing to me when I got to battalion. That was comfortable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the places you go and sock them, no, you never want to get to. <laughs> so then we get to the part where they're like, all right, so now we got to do the exam, right? So they get the gloves out. You got all like just tons of lube all over the place mm-hmm. and you're like all right dude so which one goes first and my buddy's like oh fall sorry i'm like okay okay and dude as the procedure starts you gotta like trace down the crack you got a bunch of lube as soon as you hit the spot begin to apply pressure bro as soon as that started you could hear like tables are sliding <laughs> everywhere dude dudes are like ah, 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 ah. it was like maybe there's maybe there's some crying from some dudes in that class maybe there's some, there's high emotions yeah. running on this dude and you want to talk about it where it's like that portion that block finish because you got to touch the prostate fill the lobes yep. etc dude you want to talk about awkward time when you're sitting down next to this dude you barely knew for the past three weeks and uh-huh. you're like Man, I've been places with you. I've never been with any other human before, and I never want to go back. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. And then you have uh, later on, you get real everything that you do in Sockham that you wind up doing to somebody else, you do to yourself. So we did NG tubes, nasal gastric tubes. Mm-hmm. So we're all out in a circular formation on the on the backside of the, camp, uh, the schoolhouse. And uh, NG tube is this tube that's used to pump out stuff in your gut. And so you put it through your nose, nasal, nasal gastric going in the stomach. And so you wind up, as you can tell, my nose is crooked. Mm-hmm. I obviously have a deviated system. Oh, yeah. NPAs and nasal, anything that goes in my nose beside my finger is a painful experience. For me. Mm-hmm. Even with my finger sometimes, not that I really pick my nose. But uh, so anyways, we're out there. And the worst part is, is depending on where the, you got to get it in. Once you get it in, they've got a syringe to drop. They verify everything, mm-hmm. everything. So you're in this group of dudes. And we're all sitting there trying to feed this in. It's not going, I've got crunching going on. There's oh. blood streaming out my nose, going in my mouth. And I remember there's this, he was like Mongolian. And he was the highest ranking dude, E7, about to pin E8, that somehow was able to go through the med course. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting across from me. 
So the NG tube slides through the nose, goes into the back of the throat, and you have to swallow as you're forcing it down oh. so it'll open up your esophagus. So, so you're constantly stomach. like doing the swallowing motion yeah, while you're so putting you're like, it down there? You got water, you're like, oh. and I'm looking at this dude. I don't do well with throat, bro. Throw up and poo. Those oh, are yeah. the two things. Like once it passes the rectum, no good. Yeah, no. You know, if there's if there's stuff spilling out of bowels, blood outside, guts all day, all day, bro. But so we but get to that poop and throw up. No, I'm good. Yeah, no go, dude. Mm-mm. So I'm watching this guy. And the dude's like, we're making eye contact, right? I'm trying to get this, in, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's going. <laughs> and luckily, I was one of the first dudes to get uh, mine mine confirmed. So I was able to pull it out. This poor bastard dude sitting over there. And he's like. <laughs> Oh. And it's like 10 minutes, bro, that this thing's sitting in there. And then finally the instructor gets to him, and he's like, all right, man, let me hook And he goes, Aah! dude, and he just sputes vomit all oh. out of his tube. So his tube's like flapping in the wind. There's throw up coming out of it. And you're just like, what have I done with my life? Did he get the uh, to do do it again? No, nah, he got his go. After oh. the vomit came flying out, he's like, I know that's in the stomach. We're good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So there was Damn. plenty of those instances like that where you just, uh, yeah, you, like you said, you get intimate with the human body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I got to battalion, and all the dudes that I graduated RIP with, mm-hmm. man, they're already tabbed. They already outranked me. They're like, great to see you. I'm still a PFC, even though I'm oh. maxed out with points to E5. Yeah. So it was just like, oh. How long did that take? To get like finally get your when you got to the battalion because that's a whole different. I mean, it's a. I got to work with them from for like three or four years. I did training, deployments, you know, all that stuff. I was a SOP guy, so I was an outsider. Like it yeah. was hard for me, like to break into that culture. You really had to. I mean, for what I found out was, you had to like be involved. Mm-hmm. You had to get in there, volunteer, go into the range, uh, you know, do like a slide. Like a Kate Billy's brief, like anything I, I had to do to get on a mission, mm-hmm. I did. If I had to pull jaw duty, I don't care. I was in there because I wanted to be with the Rangers. I wanted to be in that um, that culture. I loved the culture. It was awesome. Yeah. So you showing up PFC, like what was like? Was it like culture shock, or kind of did you kind of just fit right in and kind of get along with? And then like, what was the timeline before you started getting like your feet together, like your feet on the floor, and you're re- you're ready to go? Well, so I'll tell you, as, as I was getting ready to to go over and get picked up, so from when I met my wife, and it was just, we just exchanged numbers at that point, I'm like, all right, bro, get your mind right. It's like prison. Yeah. Like the biggest, baddest dude. <laughs> Knock him out, get some street cred, you know what I mean? That's what I, I obviously am an idiot, and I know nothing about it. All I've heard, all I've, all I've experienced is cadre. And so I'm like, get ready. You're going into the lines, dude. Yeah. Don't show weakness, fear anything. Like do every push that they tell you Everything, to do. Everything, you know, be harder than hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so first getting there as a private, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting to say the least, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I really learned, um, and, I learned what it is to suffer. And what also. year was this? So I got to graduate a RIP in, or I got to in 2006, January, okay. 2006. So it took me about two years to yeah. finish my pipeline to get to battalion. Cause we had to wait for Sockham hold and all that mm-hmm. kind of crap. Um, and so I get there in 2006 and at first when I get there, they're gone, right? They're already out of town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the guy that picked me up for whatever reason, he just didn't like six foot one freckled dudes. Man. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, he literally looks at me and goes, we haven't even said anything. I'm locked up tight dude. parade rest, yep. ready to go staring forward, eyes locked tight. You know, it's prison, prison. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, he's like, I don't like the way you look. You're not going on deployment. Oh, like, so that was literally it. Come to find out he was a pack clerk. Oh, see, don't you oh, like looking back mm-hmm. on your career, like all the times that like you had those 
in processing times or someone was picking you up or you were transitioning into something else, it was always some guy acting hardcore, being mm-hmm. like an ass. And then you find out like a month later when you get to your unit that you look, you go down to the pack clerk and you're like, I know that guy. Wait a second. And you're on profile? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, you don't even take, you, oh, yeah. you walk? Like, you're too damn, what? I was like, bro. So you're just an extra duty yeah. dude picking us up, you know? Exactly. Like, come on. He wasn't good enough to go anywhere else. So that, well, yeah. Okay, I'll stop on that one. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, it was interesting as a private man. For some reason, it's like, dude, you're a tall dude. Immediately, oh, when yeah, they no. look, you're always volunteering or I'm, voluntolding. I mean, even to this day, mm-hmm. I get uh, called out for my Hey, can you, can I get some help? Or hey, oh yeah, hey, yeah. hey, yeah. hey, you're a bigger dude. Let me oh, punish you by yeah. making you lift and do yeah, a bunch of stuff. You. Not the little skinny guy. It's yeah, okay. Thank Listen, you. I'm like, why don't you work them and make them suffer for being weak? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Anyway, so uh, dude, it was funny, man. I, I had a great time. Uh, I'll tell you, there was a dude that once wrote an article uh, that said that thing you call hazing made me the man I am today, mm-hmm. bro. I am so grateful, even for those that wielded omnipotent control over my, cause you're a ranger private dude. It's rough. Yeah. There is no, oh, like, you get treated like shit. Oh, yeah. I know I've seen it yeah. firsthand and I'm just like, Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm soft right now. <laughs> dude, bro. It's got its days, man. But you got guys and you're like, Oh God, don't let the taps come back from the bars. Mm-hmm. Get ready. You know, start stretching now. Cause they're going to come find like in Sockham hold. We literally started to go back, but we knew we would hide my, my roommate. Good dude. Literally, the tabs come in. He goes, dude, dude, wake up. The tabs are here. And I'm like, the tabs are here. What are we doing? He goes, hide. And I'm like, what? Hide? And he goes, get in your wall locker and hide. Don't let them find you. We would literally hide, dude, and sock them hold to make sure we didn't get caught. You know, well, you're in battalion, so you just take it on the chin. You know? Yeah. But I had some, uh, I almost got an RFS. Long story on that one. I went and uh, went to, so as soon as I got there, max out my PT test with a 347. They're like, mm-hmm. all right, bro, you're going to school. Go to school. Me and Cadre have an exchange of words. I get sent home for disrespecting the NCO. So I've got my RFS packet filled out of me. Um, I was all about Ranger. And yeah. I thought Ranger was just like violence of action and everything mm-hmm. that you do and just wild. And uh, so I'll maybe we'll put this on a different ones. I know we get to other stuff. But I wanted to, I punched an E6 in the face down the road trying to steal their guide on when they were on staff duty one night. Uh-huh. And uh, my other buddy was with me. We had just met that night drinking at the bar. It was like, we're by ourselves. It's a Wednesday night. Dollar, dollar stouts, I think, down on the waterfronts. So we're there. We mm-hmm. wind up closing it out. So I'm like, you're like, bad boy, bad boy. We should be fr- We were friends. I'll put another story into it, but we wind up getting busted. This dude, his wallet, his wallet falls out on the scene, bro. Oh. Yeah. So he gets, he gets rolled up and he's like, I'm like, Jimbo, bro. Hey, look, I'm not telling you not to say it, but if they force you, if they're like going to get you, like, if it's just smoking you. I'm going to ask you to take the smoke in my RFS packet sitting on First Sergeant's desk right now. You know what I mean? Well, long story short, um, it, it gets out after the fact. My RFS, RFS packet's good. But then my senior NCO finds out about this, and I was involved in it. Uh-huh. Bro, I know medics can be soft. But the worst thing is when you get smoked by a medic who's not very soft at all because then he knows all the things to do to resuscitate you. So it's great when you're sitting out in the back getting two large bore IVs wide open because uh-huh. you lost consciousness because we still going to party. Yeah. yeah. So oh, it was, yeah. it was interesting, man, but it was good. It's a, I love being in battalion cause it's a place and we take pride on it where we eat our own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so the standards and there was, I once heard a quote on it, but it's the standards are enforced and ruthlessly enforced, especially when nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. That's when, that's well, when heard it really the, I've heard like some, the best stories come out of like, you know, 
the barracks and like all the good stuff, oh, man. Damn. Like just great, like the just the, the camaraderie and just like that brotherhood, like no one's snitching. You know what I mean? No. Like if the cops are getting if you guys are getting chased by the cops, there's no everyone's together. I just right. I love that. It was it's great. a tight crew, and that's what I loved about it, man. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. I learned a lot about attention to detail. Uh, attention to detail, attention to detail. It really set me up mm-hmm. tremendously for the rest of my adult life. Big time. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm so thankful and grateful. I got so much more out of my military service than I feel that I gave. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's like if you're that type of person, you switch it on and it gets ingrained in you and Correct. it just becomes like everyday life. Like you're, you're not going to slack. You're not going to take a shortcut because you know that you've taken shortcuts. Obviously you've been deployed. You take shortcuts, people people die, you lose equipment. You know, all, yep. all, all this stuff that's going to like third or, third and four, you know, second, third order effects are just going to shit the yep. on you. So so when you, so when did you go to uh, to uh, ranger school? Did you get a chance to go back? Yes. Yes, I did. What was your rank at that time? Did they, did they take rank when they, uh, when you got in that situation? No. So, no, no. Luckily they didn't. I was very blessed on that. Um, so they didn't take any rank or anything like that. It was just... <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I wish they would have. It would have been yeah. my life easier. But instead, they just decided to take it out of my rear end, mm-hmm. which was uh, which was long. Dude, it took about a good six months of constant just, dotting every I, yeah. crossing every T. Don't get too comfortable <laughs> around here. We got you. You know oh, what you yeah. do. Right? That, you're always reminded about your mistake. Mm-hmm. And, dude, don't get me wrong. The guy that was there, uh, dude, I love the dude, man. He is such a great guy. Mm-hmm. He helped me. He was one of those guys where you look at and you run into just a great, not just a, a boss or an NCO, like he's exactly what an NCO should, would be mm-hmm. or should be, which is mentorship with it. So I appreciate it, man, because he was on me. He would he never let me slip, but it was this healthy respect for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing about good leaders is like, yeah, you may have went down there and got in trouble. I mean, everyone gets into shit every once in a while, but right. I think he knew you. He was like, yo, I, this guy's a good guy. I'm not, why would I? If he knew you were a shithead, they probably would have been like, all right, back to the exactly back to the knees of the army. We'll see you later. But and that's what I really liked about like that special operations community because you like there's just a different way of thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and it's I want to say more common sense, or I try to like they try to imply more common sense and kind of like real world shit. It's like okay, this guy fucked up. Well, let's we'll put him back in there. He's a good kid, you know. Put him under my wing, and then we'll go. We'll, we'll get after it. So yep. that was the best thing about that community, I think. Yeah, I loved it, and I totally agree with you. It was great. You would run into dudes who, either way, even if the the leadership was awesome. Of course, just like any organization, you have a skill of it. Mm-hmm. You know, some are better than others. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the mentorship that I was able to receive from that dude was tremendous, man. So you get to you get to the second trip uh, to Ranger School. Right. What was the, you know, everyone has their, their Ranger School thing. What was like <laughs> kind of like your highlights and like, like, like what'd you take from it to go on to like your next unit? So with Ranger School, man, Ranger School is all about suffering is mm-hmm. what you really learn there. You really learn how much you can suffer. And uh, what I did is I put my focus on the op order, bro. I was all about the op order. Mm-hmm. I had that. I had it down to such a noint, and I go with four fingers extended and joined, thumb slightly braced against the metatarsal of the hand. You know, some, or excuse me, metacarpal. Meta- oh, do you get hardcore in a circular rotation no greater than 18 inches in diameter? You will wave in a clockwise motion and then extend the arm to, for RP. And they yeah, like, yeah. all right, got it, next, got it, next. Because I realized I was like, you want detail? Oh, I'm going to give you oh, detail. I'm going to give you detail. I'm going to drag this out all day. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was like, And so it got to the point where it was like, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. Uh, One of the highlights I would say is, uh, you know, I take leadership immensely serious, man. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, you recognize being on the battlefield. Like, 
If you are a leader, it is not easy. It has nothing to do with what you like or what you want. It's responsibility. It's duty. It's honor. Everything mm-hmm. at the core. And it kind of sounds like a jerk move, but we had this uh, we had this captain who was just a turd infantry officer, right? And I was at that time kind of considering. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll do some green to gold. Become an infantry. Oh, you know, it's mm-hmm. like leading true leading men. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm a leader. I want to be a leader. You know, and uh, anyways, this dude Chow Hound, just a piece of crap. He stole some Chow, and we get to peers, right? In mm-hmm. Derby, I eviscerated this dude, <laughs> and I I signed my name on it, you know. And so it was yeah. so bad, and this dude was peered so bad. The sergeant major pulls us all together, right? And he's like, "Okay, well, if you're gonna write about this dude, then you better speak about it." And I oh. go, "I'll go first, because I do. I stand behind what I say. Yeah, I yeah. don't do anonymous form. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, like." Yep. I back it. So if you want to come ask me, then come ask me. I think that's just the right thing oh, to yeah. do. You know what I mean? It's not like this, I'm not joking. It's like, dude, if I'm going to put words, especially if it's contrary to you oh, or yeah. it's conflicting or whatever, a negative criticism, I'm going to give you the source so you can come check it out. So anyways, we get up there, dude, and I just start laying it down and I ended it with this. And I was like, you are the reason why folded flags come home to crying mothers because your leadership is so poor. <sighs> if I was in your chain of command, you hit his soul. Oh, bro. I was like, if I was in your chain of command, the first mission out the gate. I'd put you down myself to save the other men. <laughs> and the sergeant major goes, all right, stop, stop, stop. And the dude's crying. Anyways, he didn't go forward. Uh-huh. Uh, but went through school and just grinded out, man. I literally, I had it on, written on the inside of my PC, daddy, come home. Yeah. I had a daughter at the, uh, oh, not nice. at the time, she's still my daughter. Yeah. But uh, had that, and that's what it said on the inside of every single one of my PCs. And uh, I will tell you honestly, man, if uh, we were in RI, if RI had come up to me at school some point, I'd be like, hey, bro. I'll give you a straight go if you take that LT out there and knife him. <laughs> I would be like, sorry, bro, gotta get my go. Yeah, dude, I was I was purely focused. I was admin platoon sergeant the whole time, dude. I I actually enjoyed Ranger School, mm-hmm. man. To be honest with you, because once you just re- really get to a point to truly embrace the suck and live in the hate, if you mm-hmm. will, of the moment, it, when you just I'm just here right now in this moment, dude. No problem. There's no oh, pain. Yeah. I feel you can't endure. You know what I mean? But so honor grad at Ranger School, which was pretty sweet. Uh, really nice. awesome. Yeah. It was a really awesome time. Great, great chance for mm-hmm. uh, me to go test leadership skills yeah. and actually go through it. And it was a, a very interesting dynamic, man. And it almost confused me to the point that I switched to the dark side and became an infantry. Then I got back to battalion. I was like, what the hell yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> That's stupid. Was there, I remember you telling me a story uh, earlier, a couple weeks ago. Like, was that Ranger School where you met that, uh, there was a guy that was sitting up in a bunk. He had like a tattoo. <sighs> on yeah. his arm and you were like, what's that tattoo, bro? And, <laughs> so I just got my big chest piece done, right? Yeah. So I'm all hard, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. We're walking through the barracks and you're sizing everybody up. So this is when you initially get there and there's this dude and he's laying on his bunk and he's got his legs crossed, arm crossed, he's kind of sitting there and I see this tattoo and it's got this kind of cartoonish teddy bear head mm-hmm. and it's got these three red points barely sticking out of it. And I walk by and I'm like, oop, stop, pause, turn, look back. And I'm like, hey dude, what's up with that tattoo? And he, he immediately sh- opens his eye, closes his arm, sits up, and he's like, oh, that's nothing, man. Excuse me. And I'm like, nah, dude, come on. What's up with the tattoo? He's like, dude, I, I, it's nothing. I was like, all right, dude. Is that like you got drunk after basic training, platoon mascot? <laughs> you know, I got stupid tattoos too. And he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to talk about it, bro. I was like, all right, dude. He's up. Well, you're in range of school, dude. Yeah. You try to put your mind anywhere else. And so all I can think about is this dude's tattoo. It's like haunting me, bro. <laughs> I'm doing my pull-ups, my 10 pull-ups for child. I'm like, what is that damn tattoo? Mm-hmm. You know? And so finally I come up to him and I was like, look, bro, you got to tell me about this tattoo. I'm not going to stop asking you to tell me, tell me. You just got to tell me. He's like, all right, bro, hey, I'll tell you. Let's wait till tonight. I'll tell you. So I come up to him and I was like, bro, tattoo, it's, it's what's nice. the story, right? <laughs> and he's like, well, 
you know how to talk. Like, I got an accent. And I was like, yeah, bro, tattoo. Come on, let's go. And he's like, I'm not from America. And I was like, all right, cool. He goes, I'm from South America. I go, all right, tattoo. And he goes, I'm from Brazil. And I go, okay. And he goes, what's Brazil known for? And I go, big butts. Oh, and uh, jujitsu. He goes, right, jujitsu. I'm like, oh, so you do jujitsu? And he goes, yeah, man, I've been doing jujitsu. And I was like, like, how long? He goes, a long time. And uh, what that is, is the tattoo. And he goes, you've been training in there with the bear, bara, and it's the Gracie G behind it. And so it's the Gracie mm. bara. And so he's, and I mean, he's like, well, you get this tattoo when you've been training there for a while. I was like, well, what's a while? He's like, my whole life. I was like, damn, your whole life. So we got the combatives tournament coming up, right? <laughs> and I'm like, damn, you're like, like how good? And he goes, oh, I'm like reigning Pan Am champion for the past two years oh. for his weight. And I'm like, God dang. He goes, bro, bro, don't say anything. And he's going to be in the combatives tournament. Right. Oh, right. Uh. And so he's like, hey, man, just look. And he was a cool dude. He wasn't yeah. sure. one of the most humble people I've ever met. Lacerda was his name. Uh, fortunately, he passed. But uh, was one of the consummate professionals, dude. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, bro. So what's the deal? Like, what's going on? He's like, well, they recruited me to overhaul their combatives program. I'm like, dude, you're here to overhaul the combatives program. He's like, man, don't say anything. He's like, I don't want anybody gunning from me. I'm going to be cool. So yeah. we get in the combatives tournament, right? I get third. I lose to this dude from Lithuania that's literally built like two fridges stacked together. Doesn't speak. I'm like, how the hell did he pass? Yeah. He didn't even speak English, dude. But I mean, this dude was just, I, I can roll pretty decent. Mm -hmm. um, there was no beat. Lacerda embarrassed this dude, right? So I tell Lacerda, I'm like, hey, bro. I don't think I can beat you, but I've never gone against world-class talent before mm -hmm. in anything. I want to see how I fare. And he's like, all right. And I go, so before we leave Darby, let's do this. So fast forward, we're getting to leave Darby. We got a couple minutes. And so I'm like, hey, bro, let's go outside. He's like, all right. So we go outside. Got a couple of range buddies around. I'm like, all right, bro. So keep in mind, I'm like 218 with a six pack. Uh -huh. is like 175. Yeah. Right. And not super hard either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not to diminish the dude, but you would look at him and you wouldn't think much. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we get out there and he's like, okay, how do you want to do this? I'm like, well, let's roll. And he goes, okay, standing or kneeling. And I go, standing, I ain't no bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I go, wait, wait, hold on. So I still got to pass Ranger School, so don't throw me, don't break any bones, yeah. blood. I'm totally good with blood and air chokes. That's cool, I get it. And he goes, okay. I'm like, all right. And he goes, well, go. And I'm like, you go. I'm like, wait, no, I'll go. And he's just standing there. I'm like, yeah. So he, he, he already knows what he's going to do to you. Oh, yeah. He already knows. I don't know what the hell is going on. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, well, I like get my little stance. I start coming up to him. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Because I'm not going to shoot in on him. I know mm -hmm. that's a mistake. You know, so I'm like, I'm big. I'm stronger than him. I'm just going to grab him, move him around. It'll be no problem. Bro, there's no moving around at all. We start pummeling. And I mean, this is this is seconds, uh -huh. right? Like milliseconds is going on. So I pummel, pummel. All of a sudden, I feel this intense pressure on the inside of my left thigh, right? I don't know what's happening. Then all of a sudden, falls lights out yeah the next thing i know is i'm going and i kind of see the outline of grass uh-huh got a face in front of me dude is consoling me <laughs> like an upset child rubbing my back and patting me and going come on buddy come on hey don't swing don't swing it's okay it's okay and i come to you so what he had done is he had somehow monkeyed around use his his put put his foot up in my mm -hmm. thigh pivot around sunk a blood choke so hard when he released it, I vagled out, passed out, dude. Wow. And he, the best part is my buddies were making fun of me because he laid me down gently oh, on the ground, that's like so killing nice. me softly, bro. Like real romantic. Oh yeah, like, like so nice, like just mercy because <laughs> I was such an easy target for yeah. him, like a puppy, you know what I mean? Yeah. But and, at least you did it though. I mean, yeah, yeah, get into at least you had the balls to go against. Like I, every time I roll, like I'm, I'm a white belt, I'm a clear belt basically, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we get out to the, uh, the mats and we have like Chad Robichaud comes out, oh, yeah. and then some of the guys from uh, his, uh, I guess they're, I forget what it's called, like Mountain BJJ or something like mm -hmm. that. 
they'll come out, a bunch of those guys come out, they're all purple belts and black belts and I'm just trying to survive. You know what I mean? Like I just get on the mat and I'm like, okay, um, I can do a rear naked choke. I can do an arm bar. I'm, I can, if I cross collar, if I get I this, yeah, if I get in this position, I can do, uh, you know, that one arm hold thing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I get on there and I get, I just get, I hold my own for like so long, but then it gets to the point where they're grabbing me and that's yeah. it. And yeah. I am like, I'm, I'm six, three, two sixty right now. And they're just tossing me around <laughs> and they're like half my size, you know, it's, so, humbling, bro. But it's know. all about that practice though, man. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, after like a couple months, we'd meet up like once a week and they're like, Oh, you're getting a lot better. You're getting a lot better. I was like, Oh, thank you. But it's, that's all it is. But, exactly. but that dude did his whole life. Just imagine if you did something your whole life, like, Oh. That'd be amazing. The only thing I've done my whole life is live so far. That's it. That's yeah, me too. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, it's like I wish I could say, "Well, I'm an expert at this. I'm an expert at that. I've just done a, a lot of stuff to where I know a little. I know some stuff about this stuff. I know some stuff about that stuff. I'm not really an expert, but I can hold my own. You know. Yeah. So I try to look at my life. I'm not. I would never sign my name to something and say. I'm an expert at that. I don't. Exactly. I hate using the. I hate using the uh, term subject matter expert. SMEs, dude. I hate, I hate that. it. I hate it. I don't like it. Because uh, it's like when you're expert, you've arrived, bro. Exactly. You got it all down. You're yes. the best. And it's like the more I've learned, the more I realize I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, and all I do is I know some things that have benefited me in situations and circumstances yep. and some principles that I've drawn from all those that are universal because principles of success are universal. Same mm -hmm. thing that made Micro Woods is the same thing that, or excuse me, um, Tiger Woods is yeah. the same thing that made Bill Gates. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So principles are there. So it's like I get some principles of stuff and I just apply them. They mm -hmm. work. But it's like, dude, I'm no, I'm no expert in yeah. anything. I just, no, I'm just, I, I just work experience. hard, man. Amen, bro. I just, uh, I know how to do stuff and I just get it done. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm not a, I don't have a degree in anything. I just, I just grind it out, man. That's all. Amen, brother. So, so you get out of ranger school. You, you, I mean, obviously you graduated ranger school. Uh, you back to your unit, then like, do they deploy you? Like what's the, the next step in your career? Yeah. So I, I did my first deployment and, uh, I wound up. So I did my first deployment, which was awesome. And we had a platoon sergeant who then wound up getting replaced halfway through because of an injury. And this dude took over. That would later turn out to be one of the uh, most formidable influences in my life at that time. And dude, I hated that dude. He hated me too. <laughs> I thought he hated me for sure. Yeah. And I get back from school, right? And I get this ring up. They're like, Hormer, go to BCO first sergeant's office. And I'm like, I'm in HHC. And I'm like, why am I going? They're like, I don't know. They just called and you need to go mm -hmm. over there right now. And I'm like, dude, I've just, got, I haven't even done anything. You yeah. know, I haven't even been back to screw anything up. And I'm yeah. like, did I screw something up before that? They've been, cause that's even worse than they've been waiting. Oh yeah. They've you been know, sitting on it. They, yeah, they, got on the, they got on the whiteboard. Mm -hmm. They're waiting. Just waiting. They've got my day to show yeah. up and everything. So I get over there, run over there and I go up to the office and uh, he's like, Hey dude, uh, for lack of a better term, he's like, I pulled some strings and I'm pulling you over to Bico. I believe oh, right. And I was like, Oh, okay, dude. And we became fast friends, man. And I mean, I was like, he was a consummate professional, mm -hmm. awesome dude, man. And he brought every single ranger home from every single one of his deployments. And sometimes ranger hated him for it because, you mm -hmm. know, like, we're rangers. You, you fast roping on the X. Let's yeah. get in hot. Like, let's get some. And he luckily had the maturity and the balls to stand up, yeah. even to command and be like, no, nah, we're not doing that. And he probably saw, like, how the the battlefield was shaping. And exactly. I mean, 2000, what, what year was this? It was like 2000. So that first one was 2006. So you look at. 
2006. We've been at we've been probably five to six years. Mm-hmm. So all those TTPs that we're learning. I mean, that's a good leader. I mean, just to know, exactly. like, I'm changing it up. Yep. Like instead of hitting the house, let's do a call out first, and then exactly. and then they don't come out, we drop a bomb on it and leave. Bingo. You know. So and dude, he went from in the same platoon mm-hmm. from EIO you one PFC nothing or private nothing to platoon sergeant in the same platoon, bro. Oh. And that's unheard of, dude. But yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what, that was like that. We were we mm-hmm. were bad as a unit. Dude. Awesome. Just collective, everything grew. Everything there'd be a little bickering, just like a household. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, but dude, it was it was solid. And it was then you, did you deploy with uh, with Bico? Yeah. Okay. Where, yep. Where'd you go for with them? Okay. Uh, let's see. First one was Balad. Oh, okay. Went, which was sweet because it was. Uh, that was interesting, man. We went through a lot of. We got shot at by a tank. Uh, we had some dude. It was deployments and never. I got to tell you this funny one though, right? So I'm a dumb private. We got the packing list. I'm like, so you're a PFC on your first deployment? Oh yeah, bro. Okay, PFC. Ranger tab. No, oh, not on that one. That went on PFC. Nothing. Oh okay. Yep. And then when I went on my next one, I had my tab. Okay. And uh, so a little PFC, and they got all this polypro winter gear and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Pfft. I don't know that much stuff, dude. I'm hard. And it's the desert. It's not going to get that bad. I mean, it's Iraq. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Bro. It got cold, huh? Oh, yeah. Especially because we get there and I'm, I'm all eager. I got to make a name for myself, yeah. right? You know, all this stuff. Prison. Flex. Do the mm-hmm. hardest of the hard, right? So I'm like, uh, I'm going to volunteer for Top Gun on the MEV. And they're like, all right. We had a senior platoon, senior platoon medic there. So I was junior. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll just Top Gun when we're driving because I'm like, I'm going to get some, right? Yeah. And it's hard. Bro. Iraq during the winter. It's so cold. Mm-hmm. I'm at the, I had literally, I called my wife at one point. I'm like, babe, send every piece of cold weather gear that you can find, please. And she's like, and I'm like, I got snot freezing to the side of my damn face. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it was literally so cold. You take one of the, the, uh, what is it? Not a paper clip, but it's like the big safety pins that come mm-hmm. in some of the bandoliers. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. took the old wool, like inflexible, impermeable wool uh-huh. medic blanket, dude, and I fashioned like this cape out of it. And I would go top gun, bro, and I would just sit underneath oh. the top gun, freezing, shivering. And then I'm like, please, God, just let us video. Let us video. Let us video. Let me move. Yeah. And it would take seriously like 30 minutes to warm up at the oh. first target, dude. It was so brutal. But it was Damn. that that was the deployment of like, oh, we'll never do this. We won't use that. We don't do yeah. that. It was a trip, dude. And it was, it was, it was, I wouldn't ask for anything less. Oh, but I yeah. got to pack in a ton of experience in a very short amount of time and uh, some pretty awesome situations to make through and be like, that's going to make a cool story oh, yeah. someday. So then, uh, so what were the, uh, cause I remember when I was, cause I was in the, uh, I was a SAP guy and then we supported, we had a, a detachment that supported Ranger Regiment. So first, second, third battalion, mm-hmm. we had three man team that supported the whole battalion. And I know back, this was back in right after, right when the, right when the GWAT kicked off, um, I guess we were doing like, it was like three to four month rotations. Was that still the same setup when, when you were going through? Yep. Okay. So they were just constantly, you go back? Yeah. Okay. So we would do, you know, six months home, three to four gone, unless mm-hmm. you hit a surge, repeat. And then the six months home, you know, because of training, you'd probably spend another four to eight weeks mm-hmm. training somewhere else yep. besides home. So it was, it was, it was a, the op tempo was moving. Oh bro. yeah. For that, yeah. I think it was like three and a half year. I mean, it was, yeah. I loved yeah. it though. It, oh yeah. The best times I've had was with, yep. uh, with, with, um, First range battalion out. So I support a third, first downrange, and then I supported all three like during training exercises and all nice. that stuff. And I'll tell you what, man, first battalion was, yeah, you missed out on first battalion. That's what I heard. Yeah, it was a good time, though. They treated me good, and 
Uh, I, I can't say enough about them. It was great. I would relive those days anytime. Nice. That and my Libya deployment when I met Mike, I would I would relive those every single day. See, that's awesome, like, bro. I would go back anytime. You know, the, the, the unselfish me or the selfish me mm-hmm. would do that. But like right now, I mean, obviously right now, I mean, I got a family. I'm, I'm retired. But, you know, my Correct. in my mind, like I will go back there any day. Just set me up. I'll, I'll, I got my own gear. You don't need to give me mm-hmm. anything. Just put Let's me go. in. Let yeah. me go. Let me go. I'll buy my own ticket. Yeah, just put me in, you know? I totally feel for Dude, this is, I remember we were in Biop when we are getting off the back of the striker. And uh, we were, dude, it, it, it's summer rotation, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like build 20, man. It's warm. We're getting off the back of the striker. And I got my platoon, platoon sergeant, the one I told you about, they called me over. And we get off the back and he goes, hey, warmer, got a question for you. And I was like, what's up, bro? And he goes, if you could move your family here, would you ever leave? And I was like, hell no, man. Just run like SWAT. Mm-hmm. You know, you just love it, babe. Yeah, Kiss yeah. It, kids, I'm go you know, out tonight. Throw your kit in the Humvee. Yeah. Driving it like cops here. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like police here. Drive it over there. I'm, yeah, dude, I would never have left, man. Yeah. Because it was just, it was, uh, it was awesome. Because it was like, it, even though it was like you were in a, the worst place in, in your life, I mean, you're, people there were trying to kill you. I felt comfortable there. I felt safe there because. I was with people that I relied on, best friends. You know what I mean. I had a great yep. times. You had a good. It was a great life. I mean, you woke up, you PT'd, you ate chow, you got ready, you, you did some training, or you went to a meeting. Then you, you know, it was just a good life, easy yep. life. I mean, the, 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 to me, the military was sometimes was easy because you get, to take, you get they take care of you. You know, right. I mean, right, dude. And that's a, you know, and that's why to hit the nail on the head with that. And just you know, we obviously have the Ranger Creed. And I will never leave a fallen comrade to fall into the hands of an, under the enemy. Mm-hmm. And under no circumstances will I ever embarrass my country. And that's like, that's not just a piece of paper or document to us. You know what I mean? So I knew that the dudes I served along with, even though we may beef and when we would do mm-hmm. like platoon fights after we get back from deployment, there yeah. may be some seriously savage scrapping that occurs. Oh, yeah. But I knew that no matter what, I always had the fiercest and meanest dudes that would give their last mm-hmm. resolve, last effort to be able to do whatever they needed to oh, yeah. to get me home. And so it's like that you're totally right, man. I felt that safety, that security, even though it's in the most unsecure and one of the most unsafe places in the world besides Detroit or uh-huh. some of those other places. Oh, but, yeah. uh, you know, dude, it was it was awesome, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. So how many deployments, like, or how long were you in uh, uh, Ranger Battalion and then like what was kind of like your your deployments and like your timeline and did you transition it out to like anything else or did you stay battalion your whole time? So I stayed battalion majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then life changes. My wife, um, she has a mess and she contracted it. So she got chaptered out mm-hmm. and then we started having the family and priorities started shifting. Yep. You know what I mean? And I was coming home, having to get introduced to my daughter all the time. And mm-hmm. so, priorities started shifting. She got pregnant again and there were some complications with that. So I missed a couple of deployments and rotations, yeah. but still, and I went from junior platoon medic to senior platoon medic to BA, uh, to company senior medic, then to BAS NCOIC. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, it, it was a good time, but then I wound up really wanting to get time to prepare myself for transitioning out and getting out. Cause the wife, I was looking at going some other places mm-hmm. behind the fence and my awesome wife was like, Hey, I'll absolutely support you. But then mm-hmm. I realized, man, like you said, the selfish part, I'm like, dude, I'm really just doing this purely. Like I've checked every box above boxes. I didn't even mm-hmm. know existed. I've checked off. You know what I mean? And so we had made the decision that we were going to transition out. So I 4187 mm-hmm. um, to Madigan Army Medical Center. And where's that at? That's still up in Fort Lewis. Oh, that was okay. awesome. I, I, I shopped around, shopped around, found a job that was going to be allow us the time to transition, not turned out, but just allowed like mm-hmm. a normal schedule. Cause dude, 
I had a cot and I would sleep in my office at work sometimes. It yeah. was 75 hour work weeks, constant mm -hmm. 90 hours. Sometimes it would surge if we were doing other training events. I wouldn't come home for a couple of days because mm -hmm. I didn't have the time to drive the 20 minutes home and back to right. see the family. So wife would bring the kid in and, or my kid in and we'd be able to sit down and have oh, dinner for a little nice. bit and they'd bounce out because then I could take that 40 minutes drive time and spend that with them. But so anyways, went to Madigan, took over the eight, uh, 18 Delta SF Medic Medical mm -hmm. Proficiency Training Program. Easy slide. I was already a soccer mm -hmm. medic. Everybody there didn't even know what those dudes were doing. So I picked that dude. I didn't have a rifle. I didn't even have a, I didn't even have a rucksack. Dude. Oh. I trained it all in. So I went from battalion. You went to, from like oh, ranger, bro. danger ranger to just. All day, man. And I was coasting. Like, I bought into the whole ranger mythology, man, mm -hmm. where it was, you can't spell ranger without anger. Yeah. If you got hate in your heart, let it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I go to Madigan. Do you want to talk about a culture shift? So I went from never working with a female in the military at all. Yeah. To I literally had four menopausal grandmother bosses who were recalled back as Whoa. light colonels or colonels, dude. Yeah. And so I'm kind of having one of those days everybody's out of the office. And our uh, the shades, you know, that little, little when you got shades or whatever, you can close them and they yeah. get that little pull. Yep. One of them broke off, right? And so I was like, well, I wonder if this would make a good shank. So I'm at my desk and I'm like prison style, right? Uh -huh. And I got tape around the handle. I'm like, wah, 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 and I'm doing this. And my door, my desk sits, and I don't notice that one of the one of the colonels have walked in. I'm like, Whoa. and I literally, bro, this thing was so sharp. <laughs> I pick it up and I'm like, bing, ding, wow. And I look up in the background, and she's standing there. And I'm like, whoa. Were you in scr like? Do you wear scrubs at this? No, I was still so in uniform. Still in uniform. Yeah, so I'm still in my uniform, uh -huh. E6 now. And I close the door and put it. On, I go, uh, yes, ma'am. Can I help you? And she goes. Are you okay, Sergeant Hormer? Uh -huh. Yeah, man, I'm fine. She goes, okay. And just backs out slowly uh -huh. like it's a grizzly bear. You know, and I'm like, what's the deal? You know, what's she this leaves, caveman goes, doing here making <laughs> spears? Yeah, bro. So then I have uh, my master sergeant, who's my boss, calls me and he's like, hey, dude, um, I don't really know how to ask you this because I'm this. Were you making a shank in your office the other day? And I was like, yeah, sir. Look, here, I'll go get it for you. I go get it. And he goes, Oh, the other thing's pretty bad, huh? He goes, yeah. And he goes, Hey, uh, you're in a different place now. People don't really understand this kind of stuff here. It would probably be in your best interest to not do things like this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, All right, whatever. You can be soft if you want. But I'm like, Whatever. So that was kind of yeah. my introduction moving back into civilian yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And then so I was there and we wound up uh, talking about transitioning out. So. I had my buddy, my platoon sergeant, he was out and was working some contacts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so he had found out about a contract that we were going to go do to train MARSOC at the time as they were standing up. But it mm -hmm. wasn't going to be training MARSOC, it was training their op four because I just got back from Afghanistan, my last rotation, and we were real up on the PTP. Mm -hmm. So what we were doing is coming in there as the SMEs, right? Mm -hmm. And we were teaching these dudes because we're in Marine Corps, we're at Marine Corps Mountain Warfare Training Center. So you were out at this time? No, I'm in. So you're in, okay. I'm still in, but I've got a ton of leave saved oh, up, right? Oh, okay, okay. And so I even talked to them and get it blessed off, and I take 30 days of leave off, and we're going to go down, and it's going to be, dude, big money, mm -hmm. right? We're talking 50 thousand yeah. dollars right and i'm like oh, yeah. oh my god coming from an e6 you know uh -huh. what I mean? I'm like, this is big timing you know mm -hmm. what i mean and so we go down there and uh so we're there teaching them how to land that orienteering yeah, stuff yeah. like that because dude they're out in the bush bro mm -hmm. and we would be like okay we this have this in ambush. In, uh, north carolina or no what? this is the i think it's in hawthorne marine corps mountain warfare training center i think it's in hawthorne well part of it's in hawthorne california they got another one it's right next to it. I can't oh, okay. remember the exact one. You Google it, you'd be able yep. to find it. And dude, this place is savage. Sierra Nevada's dude. And I'm like, thank God Ranger Battalion never found out about this place before we got out. Because you'd see these poor grunts 
Dude, and you just, know the look, man. And we're, and we're the fat contractors, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm active duty and we're driving in the white pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. And this poor grunt, dude, mm. as he's crossing the road, we stop. <clears throat> and he goes across and he looks over. Bro. I was oh. like, oh, I ain't seen a look like that since Ranger School. That Damn. poor dude is just defeated. But anyways, so we go up into the mountains and we're out there for three days surveying mm-hmm. the sites, kind of doing a PDSS yeah, yeah. basically. And we come out. Long story short, the owner of the company had some confusion about whether you could be contracting active duty or not. And mm-hmm. you couldn't go do like the Blackwater overseas stuff. Right. But I had permission. He wouldn't let it happen. So he terminated myself and my buddy right away. And mm-hmm. so that left us, burned us on 30 days, cut the 14 grand to like three, if that, you know what I mean? Well, his buddy that hooked him up, I don't even know this dude. Mm-hmm. And he, I get a phone call from him. He's like, hey, man, that's not how I do things. Uh, I'm going to make this right. You know, we're, we're going to get some more work from him. I'm like, yeah, right. Sure. Everybody says, that. I'm yeah. about the boys. Right. You've heard it so many times before. Sure, sure, sure. That's what all the politicians say. And uh, anyway, so that washes out. And now fast forward a couple months and I get this phone call and it's this dude and, he, and I pick up the phone. And he's like, hey, how's it going? Hey, I told you that promise I'd, I'm getting you some work. Um, are you interested in doing some contract? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm down. He goes, you ever done surveillance? And I'm like, no. He goes, well, you want to? And I'm like, sure. sure. All right, let's get down. I'm all about sui sponte. Yeah. around the corner. I'm like, good. So. And uh, so he, he sets this stuff up. I have no idea. I, I don't even know this. I don't even talk to anybody. I do mm-hmm. all stuff through email correspondence. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, this is kind of... It's kind of trippy, man. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't even know these people. They got all this information, you know, but I'm like, let's see what and happens. you're out. Like, you're out on terminal leave? No, so I'm still in. Oh, okay. So, But you're getting ready to get out. Like, you're Yeah, I'm getting your ready way. to transition out. So yeah. I'm in my I'm on my window, dude, pretty yeah. much. And I'm going to start my terminal leave soon. So I get this email. And it's like, Josh Warmer, blah, 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 blah. Meet this lady, right? Let's call her Leia. So meet Leia. And it gives a hotel address. Mm-hmm. address six o'clock in the morning so i'm like all right bro that's right so for preparation for this i watched all the born movies <laughs> every james bond movie i could watch and was like all right i got it i think so i had like all these outfits in the trunk of my car right mm-hmm. i got here's my construction man outfit. It's like all nicely packed you know dude and then i'm like i got white boy gangster i got homeless dude i got real estate agent i got this and i'm like oh this is so great yeah no idea what i'm doing so i show up to this hotel downtown tacoma and I knock on the door. I'm like, okay. Door opens, and it's this short, fat Asian dude. <laughs> and I'm like, this doesn't look like a Leia. And he goes, hi. I go, hi. He goes, I'm Roadkill. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm Josh. And he goes, yeah, I'm Roadkill. And I'm like, what is this dude doing? And then I hear the female voice in the back. And she goes, oh, is that Josh? Yeah. And he goes, bring him into the room. And that's literally but, how I got into. <laughs> Isn't that like the? That's like a star of like a movie or something. Like, hey, I'm Roadkill, <laughs> and you're just looking at this uh, dude, this short little rotund Asian guy with a high pitched voice. And I'm like, what is? And I'm at this hotel. I'm like, what have I done with my life? And I'm meeting <laughs> strange people in hotel rooms. You know what I mean? And it's like, what is going on? And then, then that started it. So I went into. Um, surveillance with zero experience, mm-hmm. picked it up on the fly, learned OJT all day. Yeah. Um, and then went from there, started climbing up the ranks, building a name for myself, started hopping around, picking up, I got out mm-hmm. and I was full-time contracting, working to stay Kona specifically Yeah, because I wanted to spend time around the family. And so uh, just started, I guess, just working, dude, applying all the stuff I learned into the military mm-hmm. in a semi-civilian, semi-militaristic environment. Yeah. So it was, it was easy to help me slowly start to wean off, if you will, mm-hmm. with, with getting back into normal civilian life. 
And dude, I, I've had the opportunity now. So I did that for about nine, what, eight years. Oh, wow. Eight years. That's a long time. Yeah, it was a minute, dude. It was a minute. And I, I was able to go from just a normal surveillance team mm -hmm. member. Then I started picking up slots for TL. Then I became full-time TL. Then I started picking up spots to help assist in running programs later down the line. And I've had the chance to work with everybody pretty much, pretty much fast majority. Like if you know them, if I know them and they exist, yeah, I've worked for them. So now do you, did you have like, when you left the military, was the transition easy because you were in a position that was still military-like as in structure and people you were working with and you were training, you know, whoever you were training. So it has still that mindset of military structure. It was, you know, similar. It was very interesting because there was a large amount of civilians that I worked with, mm -hmm. even though we worked for government people. Right. So it was, it was easy in the sense of I was a great interface for them because mm -hmm. I get it. You know what I mean? I understand the lingo. I understand the stuff. I know these dudes. I personally know some of these guys. And so it was very easy in that aspect. But part of the junction that made it difficult sorry, was, was working with civilians who weren't part of that. So there's, mm -hmm. there, trust me, there was some tension, but right. one of the biggest things that I started to realize is, and I'm not pooping on everybody else. I just, uh, you know, can explain to you our my experience, which is being in the soft community, you get so used to being around extremely high performing people mm -hmm. to the point where like, even if you're a turd in the soft community, you're still a pretty pretty decent performer mm -hmm. in most any other arenas, man. And you just get that. Well, I would say I didn't have, I had like post battalion or post traumatic battalion disorder where I thought everybody was closed with and destroyed. Though right. I'd be the lone survivor hundred percent. And then some, you know? And so I kind of came in with this super hard try and was great. Cause it helped make some, uh, a name for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, this is just what we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then it also created some contention in trying to work with, individuals who had never seen the battlefield, never been in a position where their life's on the line. Like that stress factor. They don't yeah. have to deal with that stress. And it's like, you gotta understand you're preparing people to go into situations, mm -hmm. man, where it's like, nobody's coming to get Oh yeah. You, you know what exactly. I'm saying? Especially in surveillance. So you, yeah. get, you get made. You're that's you're done good luck. You're done good luck. Yeah. And so it's like trying to get and bridge that and help them understand the level of seriousness you need to approach providing a, a, a extremely the best package we can mm -hmm. to train these dudes to go downrange and go wherever they're right. doing, doing whatever they do. Now, did you have uh, the ability like to switch it on and switch it off? Like, did you learn like to switch on the Ranger stuff and then switch it off when you didn't need to, or was it <laughs> like you had to do the Ranger stuff? That's how, that's what kind of like your, your, your thought process was. Right. What it was hard. I'll yeah. be honest. And I didn't even notice it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I didn't notice because you just get so used to. Oh, because like every day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. And so people are like, hey, man, you know, have you ever thought about like relax a little bit here? I'm like, relax. We're doing training that involves lives on the line. There is no relax. There is only the standard, which yeah. is the best that you can do. Mm -hmm. So there is definitely some conflict there that yeah. took years. Like, to be honest with you, I'm still now becoming completely 100% civilian, stepping out of the contracting world now. Um, it, it was it was difficult. I didn't even realize because you got to like understanding the science behind it too, which I dig into because I went from that, started teaching human behavior profiling and mm -hmm. things of that nature to agencies and LEO and stuff like that too. And learning a lot more about the science behind the way things work. And you have your prefrontal cortex, which is the front of your brain, executive decision maker. Mm -hmm. That's where like social mitigation skills, that's with like how you deal things, how you act, how you process information is right there. So that's not even fully developed till you're 25. 
So understand, you come into battalion or come in the military, whatever the case may be, 18, 19, 20, your brain's not even formed. And so what you're experiencing while you're in the military literally becomes part of who you are. It's, it's how you process information. It's how you think. Mm-hmm. It's how you encounter, you problem solve, MDMP, all that stuff. It literally is part of you. It's not a choice. It's in there. And that could be good or bad depending mm-hmm. on how you use it. Dude, it's just like when we go out, right? You got breaching shotgun, you got demo, you got all this stuff, you got frags, you got bangers, you got all this stuff. It doesn't mean as soon as you hit the X, you're like, good up, and you throw oh, yeah. it all out there, right? And so it's just understanding what tool you have or resource you have on your hand uh, on hand and and when to apply and how mm-hmm. is best fit. You know what I mean? So that that took some definite time. I'm still learning that and yeah. still working on that because it's like you run into the purely civilian market and you're like, damn, this dude is intense. And I'm like, dude, I'm in chill right now. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm at a five. You don't want to see me get up to nine or ten. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's just how it kind of goes. That's that. At least that's how it was for myself. Right. And I found it because I just retired uh, about two years ago or December 2018, I think it was. And, you know, I, I you do the leave, you do the terminal leave, whatever they call it. Yep. So I, I sent on a leave like in October. The next week, um, I'm driving me and my wife. She's seven months pregnant. Bless her heart. Oh. Uh, we drive from Fayetteville, North Carolina, all <laughs> the way out to here. Oh. It took like three or four days, man, and uh, we, we crushed it. But coming out to here, work for Field Car Survival. So it, we're mostly all – I mean, everyone that works here is, is a veteran, you know, in some way, form, or another. Yeah. So my transition was kind of easier with the military like relationship type type stuff like me and mike i know him he knows me we were in special operations we have austin he was air force yep. seer guy we have uh kevin uh sif special forces green beret sniper all that we have uh we have jeff right now marine corps you know so if we want to talk to somebody it's easy i know like because you you have you know you're uh, friends with grant so you guys we have a good community here that we can like share. Exactly. Like we, if if someone's having a bad day, you know, uh, hey, let's come, let's go grab a beer or let's go grab lunch and sit down and talk. So, I'm grateful for that, like that community. But I'll tell you what, though, I don't miss the military one bit, like the mm-hmm. the day to day stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like having to deal with the bullshit, I don't miss that at all. I love you know being retired. I did my time. I'm good. I, I love being retired now because you know I've done my I've done it. I'm good. Yep. Like I, as long as I can share my experiences through like these platforms and like educating people and letting them know like you know what our experience were because we may have somebody listening to this podcast right now is like I want to be a ranger and just by you telling your stories man they're like okay I'm doing this shit you know I'm hell no I'm it. not doing that yeah <laughs> I'm not becoming a medic <laughs> yeah. so I, I just yeah I've been lucky for yeah. my transition so I know some people you know they struggle or whatever but you just gotta find that group that that group of people that you can hang with and talk to. I, I love that part of it. That's what I love about it. So, you know, it's funny you say that cause I've recognized, you know, that's even, even when getting out, I still had a lot of buddies mm-hmm. that were around, man. And I've seen some friends that have walked out and, um, just don't have the luxury, if you will, with oh, being yeah. in such a, uh, intent, like such a, an environment with so many of them, like almost saturated, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you can come, you can talk, you can yeah. let down the hair, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And you can just start talking acronyms and talk your language and everybody oh, yeah. gets it. And it's like, I've seen some of those dudes have a pretty rough time because it's like, you know, uh, it, it, it does change you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you, you are, like I said, dude, it's part of your brain. You're going to be different in a certain way for forever. But I look at it a lot like how 
Ranger Battalion was first started up. You're supposed to be in Ranger Battalion after four years. You're supposed mm-hmm. to go out to the big army. Yeah, and, and share that. Yeah, share it. Yep. You know, so I look at it now. We're part of our duty. It's still carrying on with the warrior ethos where mm-hmm. it's like, now we just get to go out and now we're in the civilian populace. We get to to help assist or whatever yeah. we can to in, for the experiences that we've had and the lessons we've learned. We get to now have the opportunity to bring them into the civilian mm-hmm. sector and help equip them with it, oh, whether yeah. it happens to be, you know, MDMP or all the other stuff, you know, yeah. so you look at, you look at even in the benefits, for example, like tourniquets, right? Yep. And you did was when I first started going into EMT, it was like, you do not do tourniquet ever. Now tourniquets like the first That's, thing you yeah, do. Yeah. First thing you right? put on. Yep. So it's as, although war is a costly thing, I can't remember the quote, but it's not the worst of all things that, but it's true because there's a lot of good that comes from it. If you mm-hmm. decide to turn it as good, dude, I just had just as many crappy op- like days in the military as anybody else. Oh yeah. I, I, you know, some of the stories I've had some super crappy days, yep. interesting situations to be put in. Oh yeah. But it's like, I choose just like ranger school, you know, I was going to go through it. I had to go through it. I'm going to pull the good out of it and use that good, keep that yeah. good. And then look now what it was is now transmission is understanding how to deliver that mm-hmm. so people can understand it. Cause it's not anything against them at all. It's just like, I don't have the perspective of being a civilian my entire life. Mm-hmm. I just don't have it. Cause that wasn't me. And they don't have the perspective of going out and being a warfighter because it just wasn't, it doesn't make them bad right. or anything less. Just a, that's, it, a, that's what your, your life, that's what you chose for exactly. your path. Man. It's your like, path, your path, thank goodness, because everybody was warriors, mm-hmm. the world would just be destroyed. Yeah, oh yeah. You know what I mean? So yep. it's, you got to have that. And so now it's just getting out and, and understanding. And I think is, that is part of veterans is understanding how to package yourself or your message so that it's palatable for the appropriate audience, mm-hmm. right? Because there's some things that we've gone through, which for us, it's so normal. You know what I mean? You're like, ah, oh, you talk about blood, guts, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Dude, my, my daughter, she sees blood. She, dude, she starts getting white. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So there's even stories. I was telling one of them, and my daughter, and it wasn't that. It was just one, one of our trauma center rotations. Mm-hmm. I was doing exploratory bowel surgery, working on this one lady. And I'm not even saying, and then you hear the floor, the, the chair go, make you okay? She's like, I'm feeling a little nauseous, <laughs> you know? And so it's just understanding that, hey, some of this stuff, and you know, it's good because it's like, that's awesome that we got mm-hmm. to go experience those things so that others don't have to. Oh, yeah, exactly. So you know what? Don't hold it against them. We mm-hmm. did it. We signed up for it. And you know what? You know, not everybody needs to know exactly how messy it is to be a dragon slayer mm-hmm. when you slay the dragon. Oh, There's yeah. There's a reason why you're the dragon slayer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like the best, like one of the things in this community is I've never been a part of a community where I I know the mayors of two cities and I can like reach out and talk to them or right. be a part of the community like I did 20 years in the military. I served, you know, my country. Thank you for my, you know, my service, blah, 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 blah. But being able to like bring that back here as like, you know, field cross survival as a company and being able to help the community like during like toy drives and mm-hmm. just little stuff that we can do in the community and, and people see that. So I, I just, that's like one way like, you know, you can still serve and be a part of the community and, uh, you know, put, put a, a positive light on veterans. Cause like we're all veterans of doing something. We're all running businesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like small businesses. So I think if more and more people see that, look at these guys, these veterans, they, they spent, you know, one to 20 years in the military and they're out here, small business owners, just grinding away, just mm-hmm. grinding and, and just doing it. I just, I, I don't know. I hope that that gets out there and people see that and they're like, okay, if I'm having issues or something, I can look at these guys and be like, oh, these guys are doing it. Let me listen to a couple of podcasts or something and, you know, yep. get my mind right. So I don't know. I just stopped. I've been blessed, man. That's what I mean. Lucky and blessed is kind of the two words I, I throw out a lot of mm-hmm. my life, and um, it's been great. So, 
Dude, that's it. And, and you, you're hitting the nail on the head with something too. Cause I think what happens is we're starting to see a warrior cast develop in America where mm-hmm. less and less are people having personal relationships with somebody that's been part of the warfighter effort. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you got the angry veteran. Yeah. You don't understand me. I'm sacrificed. You're welcome for my service, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you're doing a huge disservice. Cause oh, one, yeah. first of all, remember you signed up to, support, protect, and defend mm-hmm. the Constitution about enemies, foreign, and domestic, right? Oh, yeah. So you volunteered for that. You know what I mean? You put yourself in that. They, You could have gone any other way, man. Mm-hmm. So you decided to pick that mantle and, and, and to carry that cross, if you will. And so it's understand. It's just like, you know, I don't ex- I'm don't. i never going to understand what it's like to be a mom. No, never, never. 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 I'm just never going to get it. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And so that's like my wife being pissed because you just don't, you don't know what it's like to go through a parasite living in your body for eight months. You know, right. that's what I called. I was like, it's a parasite until uh, it comes out. But it's like, so understanding that and not and that people can understand that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's not their place to, and it's your yep. duty to not have them do that. But it's like, so understand that. And part of that is, you know, not being so veteran oriented. That's, mm-hmm. that's all you can be around because right. then now people have even less familiarity. So it's the responsibility of the veteran to get back into the community, to serve the community, to be part of the community, to take mm-hmm. the things that they learned that they learned on the government dime mm-hmm. through taxpayers' money and take it back. That's like Phil Craft. One of the things that I appreciate about this company is you're, you're providing more than just, all right. Lock and load. Let's like, yeah. you know, you're taking all the skill sets that you learn in the military mm-hmm. and giving them to people within the civilian populace mm-hmm. and helping them to become better. And that's why it's like, dude, yeah, I would absolutely hop on board to help out with you guys. I'm, I'm no longer interested in the point of driving it as my own thing. Right. I did that through my own business for a while. And I just realized I, I was done. Mm-hmm. But here and being able to come on board and be able to still participate, help bridge that gap between the civilian and veteran community. Mm-hmm. And so they can see where it's like, dude, yeah, you could have gone and been a doctor. You could have been this. You could have done this. But you're you're now here, starting out way behind your oh, peers. Yeah. Big you know, time. twenty years, mm-hmm. dude. All your peers are twenty years ahead of you in the civilian. Mm-hmm. And yes, you do pick up some skill sets and things along the way. But what's awesome is you find the you get to exhibit for everybody else the resourcefulness and things like that that you learned uh, in the military mm-hmm. and do that in the civilian sector. And hopefully that helps inspires others to do the same. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And as long as you're cool and you got your mind right, your health right, and all that kind of stuff, then you can help other people out and help with And that at the end of the day, it's just another war we're fighting, except for this is just making America better. Oh, yeah, Make America definitely. Great again. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're because we have our field craft crew and then so then you have your like you're working for founding fathers. Is that like the company name or and, and everything falls underneath it, the like John Hancock. So founding fathers is the overarching Correct. thing. Okay. Yep. And and that's where you're at right now. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. And then so we had Grant on the podcast with Kevin. And then, so you and Grant work together. So what, what's that? What's that dynamic like working with Grant? Uh, he's he was also in Second Ranger Battalion. Did you guys serve together at the same time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. So Grant, pretty interesting relationship, man. Um, so I'm going, I'm going to the promotion board for my E6. Mm-hmm. Grant's going for his E5. His last name's Caseda. My last name's Horner. We should be nowhere near each other, right? And so I'm sitting there. I'm ahead of him, and I turn around, and I'm like, "Hi, I'm Josh." And he's like, "I'm Grant." <laughs> and we're like. We should study together. And he's, okay. <laughs> and we wound up meeting at this Starbucks for like four hours to study for the board. Yeah. We didn't. We just BS the whole time. Yeah, yeah. 
and we, we maintain contact and that's another story in of itself that brought us down here. But what's cool is now being in an area like founding fathers, obviously that names that name means something, mm-hmm. you know, the name of the, the barbershop is John Hancock barbershop. Oh yeah. You look at the names of the, the new businesses that were rolling out. You have city tavern merchant coffee. You don't know what those are. Look those up. I don't want to eat up more time, but it's part of the foundational, um, aspects or enterprises as our country became our country. Mm-hmm. And so now working there, it's awesome because I'm all about fighting battles. dude. If I'm not fighting, it just not worth it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a working dog. You got to work. Me too. Uh, you yeah. Know what I mean, you got to get my hands dirty. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting in there after it. So mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do is not work them because then oh, yeah. it's idle hands, man. And so being there, it, it's awesome because Jesse, the other owner is a veteran mm-hmm. as well, air force chaplain. And uh, dude, just phenomenal because it's oh, a great, he's a great dude. I, I like Jesse. And it, what's been phenomenal is, is Jesse and Grant. I've been able to take a lot of keys from them, mm-hmm. having been fully civilian for a while. So what's awesome is I, I still get a huge level of mentorship and transitioning. Mm-hmm. And what it's done is not through talk, but by example. And so then you can see how what they're doing is really bridging that gap, um, becoming part, like fully part of this, of the community here in Prescott mm-hmm. and building that. And so now I get to be a part of that, man. So I oh, consider yeah. myself tremendously blessed and I love it. And it's a, it's a phenomenal place to work. It is, it is no joke though. I will tell you, dude, out of 36 years of experiences in life, this is testing every single one that I've yeah. learned, bro. Oh, yeah. You guys got a lot of stuff going on. I'm excited to oh, see yeah. it. I cannot wait. It's going to be bad. So Josh here is obviously a used to be a ranger medic. Um, he's in our network, and we're kind of trying to put together a stop the bleed course, basically, right? Yep. And to you know, we we did have one scheduled, but we didn't roll it out right, and that's my fault. But we're going to get something on the calendar for stop the bleed, so it's going to. Uh, hopefully the next couple months or so we'll get the schedule out, but it'd be, you know, about what, four to five hour course, Correct. stop the bleed on, you know, how to use a tourniquet and then understanding how, you know, the pump house works, how blood flows and mm-hmm. internal, external, all those like cool medical things that I, I like the medical stuff. A lot, a lot of people don't like the medical training, but I look at it. It's, it's cool. I like the way the body works and like right. everything, like like the things that your body can produce that's gross. Like there's so many, it's disgusting. I'm well aware. I don't know if you watch uh, television or not, but uh, they have those uh, shows on TLC, like my 600 pound life. Oh. And I just, the way the body, like, what is that? Like my wife's a nurse and I'm like, what is that? That's disgusting. Why, why is that happening? Yeah. And she explains it. I'm like, it's the body. It's an amazing thing. You know it what is. I mean? The human body is amazing. So we're going to put together some training. So, um, we have a, you know, former ranger medic. We have a, we're going to have a former, uh, Navy seal medic. Uh, so look for that in the future. Uh, it's going to be a self to bleed course. Everybody wants to get their, uh, you know, their hands bloody. Maybe we might, we might have some fake blood. I don't know yet. So, but, uh, it's going to be hands on. You're going to learn a lot and uh, we'll have that scheduled here soon. But Josh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the uh, podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Um, but yeah. So what's the next thing for you? Ooh, next thing is, uh, <clears throat> so right now I'm project manager for the build out. Mm-hmm. So we're completing that aspect of it. We're transitioning over into all the other backside to actually yeah. run the other six companies going. So the next thing right now is just, uh, seeing this year through, man, we're, we're building this new business and it's not a business that's just about money. It's about mm-hmm. serving the community and being a part of it. So the next six months is really looking at how we can best fashion ourselves and take the knowledge that we have and, and put it into some sort of either 
product or package yeah. or whatever it can be of influence, a positive influence yep, yep. here within the community. So mm-hmm. that's where that's at, man. And that's where my focus is. But just like I said, with what you guys have here going on in Fieldcraft, what you guys are doing in the community, I love that, dude. Mm-hmm. I actually, I hate medicine. I never wanted to be a medic. I yeah. had to be a medic and it's been haunting me my whole life. But I also look at the fact that I did learn a lot and I do have a lot of useful, practical, dude, you want it. You don't think about it, but when some of this stuff comes through, you really wish you had it. Yeah. And so now, oh, if I yeah, can still, big time. you know, yeah, exactly. Cause yep. it's like I've come across car accidents, all sorts of, I've treated more people as a civilian than I have when mm-hmm. I was overseas, bro. Oh, yeah. And so what's awesome is now being able to give that to other people so they can go out and be equipped and share that. That's all it takes is like one time. Exactly. If someone could, that's one thing I ask people sometimes. I'm, I say to them, what do you have in your car that, that can save your life? Nothing. Yep. Exactly. It, like one tourniquet could save your life. That's yep. it. A bleeder kit. Oh yeah, man. You put it on your, you know, in your glove box or on your visor panel. Uh, shout out to Field Cross Survival. We have the uh, <laughs> a module visor panels on sale. But uh, you know, somewhere we can reach hand. Like, I just don't understand why people don't even have that. I know. I remember when I was stationed in Germany. It was the law. You had to have a first aid kit in your car. Wow, really? Like that was a law. That and um, uh, the uh, triangles, the uh, orange triangles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I just don't understand why people we don't we don't implement something like that in America because you driving is dangerous. It is. <laughs> so it is. I man. don't know, dude. It's like I'll never forget one time I was doing some work in Texas and they have this little blinker sign that comes up that mm-hmm. lets you know how many accidents have been. Dude, it's April. There were twelve hundred serious accidents <sighs> in Dallas. I'm like, good lord. And so just to to give you an understanding or context, I think a lot of people why they don't do it is because it seems so scary, right? You see oh, all yeah. the you see all the movies or the shows, ER and all this stuff, and it's this intense. And it, you got to understand, man, it doesn't take a hero with all this masterful amount of knowledge to be able to step in and preserve a life. I, mm-hmm. I like to say, I don't save lives. I postpone death as a mm-hmm. medic. You get them to bright lights and sharp things. That's what saves the life. Yeah. But it's like, man, I can't tell you how many times those accidents, car accidents coming up on those things, rollovers, things of that nature. And you can easily do a tourniquet. One of the number one hemorrhaging. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a plumbing system. So plug the hole and you're good for right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, you taking a little small block of time, getting trained and equipped with that, you got that for life. And now you have an ability to help postpone death, to be a hero, to mm-hmm. help somebody out. And by the way, it could be you yeah. or your family. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we live out here in a very outdoor community where you're out doing a ton of stuff. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. And you drive 20 minutes, you're out in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. So, And so do you, by what you offer here is helping prepare people to actually live and exist in their own environment, that they live in their community, and it's not a lot, and it's just a little bit, and that little bit does a significant Mm -hmm. amount. So, All right, man. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on. Uh, That is the end of this podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. And always remember, stay alert, stay alive. 